0: Hi, I'm Kerry Ellis and welcome to my podcast, Keep Calm and Carry On. I'm so excited to be bringing you my new podcast. I've been wanting to do this for so long and I've been putting it off and putting it off, but finally in lockdown, I mean, what better time than this? Some of you may know me from flying around on my broomstick in the musical Wicked, or We Will Rock You, Cats, lots of other stage shows, or maybe hanging out with a certain rock legend, Brian May. In fact, Brian actually gave me the idea for this podcast, although he doesn't really know it. We talk often about the highs and the lows and when you come off a big show or when you come off a big tour about how that feels and returning to normality or a certain normality that we all kind of face and the emotions that go behind that how that feels and I thought hang on a minute there's something in this what if I talk to some of my other friends too and see if they've been through similar experiences and feelings so I thought what a perfect time no one's going anywhere and maybe I can give them a call and have a chat. So my first guest, I am so excited. I can't believe she kind of agreed to come on the show. None other than Arlene Phillips, CBE. Arlene gave me some incredible pointers when I was doing We Were Rock You. She would just kind of give me a slight hint or a slight motion or a feeling and it would change my performance. She's done some incredible things. You will know her for Starlight Express or Saturday Night Fever, being a judge on our television screens. You guys are going to love this interview, I, I promise you. She was just incredible. She was really open and shared her stories. Arlene's had an incredibly long, inspiring career, and she's been through highs and lows herself that perhaps we haven't heard about before. I think Arlene's story we can all relate to in some way, even if you're not a performer or in this crazy industry at all. I think she speaks volumes about how we can all just Pick ourselves up in whatever situation we're in and just carry on. So, Arlene, thank you so much for joining me today in this crazy lockdown period. I'm so honoured that you're here with us. I mean, you're such a superstar and just a legend of our industry. And I wanted to talk to people about how this uh, crazy time was affecting them and how they were dealing with it. And, you know, in such an industry that's so um it's so fragile anyway and we're all a bit um you know anxious and on a normal day to day and this must have just rocked people's world so i wanted to talk to you and see how it's affecting you because you're always out and about and so busy and i mean and suddenly we're all housebound and and how are you how are you doing uh, well
1: um i'm glad to talk to you today it's um so weird because my life is really you know, 10 o'clock rehearsal, maybe a meeting in lunch, um, a quick meeting in the evening, and then some event, an opening of a show um, every night. I am so full on. And suddenly, for your world to go silent is, is a really big shock. Um, the first I became aware of, of the epic... Um, shutdown of theatre was I had been in Germany because we have a new cast of Starlight going yes. in for year 32. Oh, 30, my goodness. 20, 30. 20, 20, no, yeah, 32. Yeah, 32 years. Wow. And of course the other cast were continuing and I was over there working. And then, um, I came home and within a week of being home, they had been shut down sort of step by step. The old cast weren't allowed to skate out into the auditorium one night. The next day, they um, were told that everyone has to be uh, very conscious of not reaching out or in any way touching the audience. And then the next day, the cast were all sent home, the, the um current cast the new cast were allowed to continue for one day and then it was shut down which was two weeks before it even began in London and in my stupid mind I thought well that will just be Germany and then I came back and within a week London was shutting down Every show that I had this year was postponed. And suddenly it felt like walls sort of crumbling.
0: Yeah.
1: The, 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 the year of very, very full and exciting year of, of new musicals yeah. and really sort of eventful things were happening had disappeared.
0: Mm.
1: And the silence and that's why I'm so excited to be here this morning. And the lack, <laughs> The lack of being driven, I suppose, by what I do has made me wonder who I am. I think I define myself by my career. I hadn't really realised it because I'm passionate about my family and I thought this was, this. I always had a good balance. But I realised that I have to think about who I am without getting up
0: and going to work every day. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I've I've obviously we we have Brian May in common, and we mm. we met um, on We Will Rock You, and and I talk to Brian about this a lot, and and we talk we we talk a lot about if you've come off a big job and you've been away from your family and how we deal with those kind of balancing your life and your career, and we 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 live for our career because we're yeah. we're driven and we love it, and but balancing your family life and and those moments when you've done something huge and then coming back to to reality and and those moments when you are with your family and you are grateful and you are it's an amazing time but we're always on the go for the next thing and this this moment in time feels almost like that that moment when you're waiting for the next job but it but there's some kind of there's some kind of uncertainty about it and it it's rocked everybody's world and I know you've got a, like you say you've got quite a big family and I, your girls are wonderful and grandchildren and that must be very difficult to not be able to see them but it's really interesting what you are saying about finding about who you are without without the Arlene Phillips that everybody knows and and the, the public the judge the choreographer the tv personality that everybody knows and that must be quite strange it is strange it's stranger than I ever thought it
1: would be and I think I'm also in fear of the amount the amount of time I have to reflect and you talk about home and family and I've always thought and believe um, because I love my two daughters so much and um, because we're all so close I've always believed that it worked that that being a working mum, actually worked and I'd got the balance right. But then I think back. um, Odd things have come back into my mind when I was invited um, to make a film in Brazil and they wanted to go for a month, uh, for me to go for a month to Reci, Brazil, to meet the dancers at Carnival. And I remember leaving Alana Mm. and I thought... This isn't essential. You know, this isn't this isn't a job you need right now. I was doing films, I was doing videos, mm. but the idea of making a film about carnival, a big musical film about mm. carnival and what really happens excited me. And and I look back now and think And I couldn't take her with because we were going into some dangerous areas. And I think about it now and I think, did I really need to go? In the end, the film didn't happen because actually they realised it was far too dangerous to go into the favelas, to, to actually make the film. It was scary when I was there. You know, they said, wear three pairs of knickers and hide your money inside your knickers and when we went to the favelas we had guards with us wow and 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 I look and and for some reason it's coming to my mind that was four weeks of leaving my little girl yes I know I was on the phone yes I know I was still talking to her but then uh, my heart sort of aches about thinking I could have been with her that whole month yeah. and that's the truth of it and you do the best and for a long time I was a single mum so I was not only just working for my passion but because I had to earn money yeah and we are really really close but you do look back and you do think about the times
0: you've been away it's so difficult I mean I'm I've I was looking at some pictures of, um, of you. I think it's Alana, but you can see a lovely black and white picture and you've got her in a rehearsal studio. Um, and it's just, it it just clicked with me so much because I took the boys on tour very early on. And it's, it's, how you balance and how, I don't know if anybody gets it right. I don't, you know, lots of, there's lots of working parents out there and, and for, they perhaps work a nine to five and perhaps don't see their children during the day. And we perhaps do sometimes. Um, yeah. but it's, it's interesting that you talk about that now because you have that time to actually be in touch with our family. And although we can't see them no. we they are our community at the moment and they are our links. Yeah. Um, Talking on something a bit brighter than the lockdown, um, going way back, um, you did so much so soon. Um, Was it always kind of TV, film and music? Was it a choice with what you went into or was it whatever came in? Because I think people have that perception of, especially when people start to know who you are and you're established, that you choose what you want to do. And often I say, well, I'm not choosing to go my next musical. I'm waiting to see what happens. Is that the same with you or or are you at a point now, which I think you should be, CBE, (laughs) amazing legend, that you choose and you create your your next move? Um, I certainly didn't choose what I
1: did um, in the early days at all. Everything happened almost by default. And that's why I always advise people, Keep your eyes open because you can do something and you never know what will happen from it. And my first real adventure, I guess, was when I moved from Manchester to London, um, studying dance, studying different genres of dance and I studied in Manchester. And I had nowhere to live. And one of the teachers I was studying with, he said, oh, um, my friend Ridley Scott is looking for someone to live in and and help around the house and babysit if necessary. So suddenly I had a place to live. Wow! And I was studying dance. And one day um, Ridley said to me, I've got a television commercial that I have to do. And it's got, it's very small, but it needs a couple of little dance moves. Would you be willing to do it? So I thought, yes, why not? You know, I can try that. And it happened to be for Lions Made Ice Cream. And it was um, uh, a farmer, um a dancing cow uh, and uh, <laughs> a milk, a milkmaid, and the milkmaid actually was Miriam Margulies, who played oh, the milkmaid. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, so I, so I did this, Miriam. yeah, this dinky little commercial, <laughs> and within three weeks, Ridley asked me to do another commercial, which was for Dr Pepper. Now, wow. Dr Pepper was unknown here at that time, but it was huge in America. And they made the biggest dance commercials. That um, It's what they were known for, So sort of big dance commercials. And Ridley was asked to do two of them. And they wanted to bring over the American choreographer. And Ridley said, oh, no, 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 I've got an amazing choreographer here. You have to use her. So the next thing I know, I was doing two huge Dr. Pepper commercials for the U.S. made in Pinewood Studios. The first one had about 30 dancers. The second one, it was all dancers from the Royal Ballet featuring Wayne Sleep. And, And they were so successful. I was asked to go to America and make commercials. And so within that time, which was really sort of good fortune, I used the money Started teaching dance classes and put together a group which I called Hot Gossip. Yes, and for three years they were remarkably unsuccessful. We had one gig a week for three years, and I got to the point where I was constantly told they were too sexy for television. (laughs) And until one day, a director said, "Um, "I'm doing a new show. It's called Kenny Everett Video Show. I want Hot Gossip." And everyone thinks we and I became an overnight success. It wasn't. It Mm. was a long journey. Yeah,
0: yeah. But
1: the group um, were legendary because, well, they were probably too sexy for TV. And a complaint (laughs) was put in by self-proclaimed protector of public morals, Mary Whitehouse. And she shouted out about it. We made front page of the newspapers next day and the Sundays and the Saturdays, Sundays. Mm. And suddenly we all became household names. And so I was a choreographer that was then asked to do music videos, films, musicals. Mm. It just, it grew and grew and grew and opportunity came. And yes, now I do pick and choose more mm. because I don't need to film my Every day with working, yeah. But strangely mm. enough, this year was almost every single day of the of of the year was
0: different shows booked up. Mm-mm. So, um. How did... Because Starlight is kind of your baby. It's I mean, it's, it's had so much success. I mean, I remember so vividly it was the show when I was training and we would all bust up whenever we could. I saw it so many times. We would go <sighs> up and get £5 pound tickets yes. and restricted view and stand and, like, high-five the guys going round. I mean, it was one of those magical shows. I, and where did that come from? Because you were so established. You were doing everything. How did that come about? Um, in
1: 1979, um, um, Alan Carr, who made the film of Greece, um, was in London uh, with Olivia Newton-John actually, and they came to a club where Hot Gossip were performing. They were now um, on the Kenny Everett and and um, quite s- sort of known, so people were coming to see them on club dates. And he said to me, I'm going to make a film with the village people called Can't Stop the Music. I want you and the group to come to America and make the film. So Mm -hmm. here we were, off to Hollywood. It was just like a dream (laughs) come true to make this film with the village people who at that time were huge. In 79, they were huge. Mm. By the time the film came out, not so. (laughs) But as with every pop and rock star, not a lot of them are like queen who have you know lived and relived their lives Mm. so strongly yeah um but so I was asked uh when I was there to um if I roller skated and I didn't and this was (laughs) in the early days and so of preparation so Alan Carr got me a teacher to teach me roller skating wow and that was very exciting, but not many people know that I was uh, pregnant while I was
0: making oh the Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> and Alan Carr had agreed that the hiatus could be the week I'm having my baby. Oh. Um, and he provided a Winnebago, nanny, even a guru to keep me calm, to breathe, wow. to do yoga, <laughs> everything you could imagine. And when I was seven months pregnant, he wanted to see what I'd done uh, on my roller skates. So he came into the rehearsal. There I was, seven months pregnant, (gasps) skating away. And for some reason, he realized I wasn't insured. And he went, oh, my, get those things off your feet. Wow. Because I had a sort of roller skating wasn't in the original contract. So I got off my skates, made the film, And Christmas 79, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber invited me to um, his home to spend some time there. Um, He was a big fan of hot gossip, a massive fan of hot gossip. Mm. And of course, eventually, you know, met Sarah, but she was in hot gossip at the time.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know she was in hot gossip. Oh my god, Oh, yeah. It was you. It was you, your father. they got together. Oh my God. That's what Andrew (laughs) says. Uh,
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. He said he remember he remembers her coming to sing for cats wearing her purple hot gossip wig.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know she had a dance background. I thought. I mean, I thought. Oh yeah. No, the voice came
1: first. I thought. I no, didn't no, no. That. Wow. She was a dancer. Um, she was at arts educational. Wow. And that's where I first saw her because I had been teaching at arts educational. Yeah. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: Um, anyway, so I was telling him this story about because I had the baby with me, <laughs> and pregnancy and roller skating. And two years later, he called up and he said, do you know the story you told me about roller skating? Do you still skate? And I said, yeah, I can still skate. And he talked about Starlight Express and he'd written this story with, with Richard Stilgo and the music, but didn't know if it could transfer to being a musical. Yeah. So we, uh, we did a workshop and with uh, Tracy Ullman as Pearl. Wow. Fra- Francis Rafael was Dinah, oh. um, Rachel playing Rusty, uh, uh, some of the cast who eventually went on to the show, but a mix of triple threats mm. who could not skate and <laughs> skaters who could not even understand what I was saying when I said five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> and then, no, that, that, that's after eight, you go, you skate on the right, then the left. Um, So wow. it was this crazy workshop. And uh, at the end of it all, we all thought, yeah, it's going to make a great musical. Where are we going to do it? So they looked at, oh, different, like Wembley looked at arenas, Earl's Court. Mm. Wow. And John Napier... Had the idea that you could turn a theatre into this world of starlight,
0: and that's what happened at the wow. Apollo Victoria. Oh, and it was it, I, I mean, it was just it was first of its type. You know the way that the the track went into the audience. I mean, it was yes. just magical, and it, I'm yeah. sure it inspired so many uh you know up and coming dancers and professionals and oh. oh it's just magical yeah and it's been successful it's just carried on especially in germany it just yeah. it, it's so brilliant i mean it's 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 amazing yeah. do you have a lot of um i mean you must know so many dancers and people that look to you for one for work for um inspiration but what, do you have a lot of people kind of um reach out to you in, in I think because of what I'm trying to say is this this industry is quite tough to deal with there are moments when you're in work and then there's obviously moments when you're out of work and then it's quite it's quite hard it, mental mentally physically emotionally to deal with and do you have people looking to you and also how do how do you cope with it do you have times when it's 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 difficult it's um or you just absolutely love it and push through
1: it's um it's very hard I mean it starts when I'm either doing workshops in schools or discussions with groups and and again a lot of a lot of parents ask me for advice saying you know my daughter my son are desperate to go into the business I don't know they they're you know they've also could go to university they've got you know to get a physics degree mm-hmm. and and yet it's not their passion and I I, the only way I can describe it, when I was growing up, I wanted to dance. I felt like if I didn't dance, I couldn't breathe. I I, I had to dance. And if they have no other way of getting through life, then yes, it is the right re- career for them. But the other thing they have to remember is they will reflect. They will face rejection every single mm, day. Yeah. They they will be rejected on a huge scale, on a small scale. They may have done weeks and weeks and weeks of auditioning, getting narrowed down for that one leading role, and then sometimes they're asked to be the understudy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's it. It's over. Yeah. And 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 so the only way is to have this incredible resolve and strength and I always say give yourself 24 48 hours to get over it to be able to put it in the past and enable yourself to move forward otherwise you will be knocked down like you know a skittle day after day and the weirdest thing is when I found out that I was not going to be on Strictly anymore it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was very, very emotional anyway, because my career maker and my beautiful agent manager passed away from cancer the day before. Oh. So there were these Oh my goodness. There were these two enormous things happening so close. And I in the back of my mind, I kept saying, "You've got to take a deep breath yeah. and find a way out." You you were a choreographer and are a choreographer. That didn't change all the time you were doing Strictly. It was only a Saturday. So you've got to find a way forward. But actually what happened is looking at something that actually is just a job and somebody that you deeply love and care about and have lost, you have to then understand what life is about
0: mm, yeah
1: and and not attach yourself so much to something that you have because in a, in terms of work because it could just go and goodness knows people are facing that now yes shows that they were cast for yes with oh. leading roles and different roles now may not happen that moment of 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 thrill that moment they had has gone and the only thing I can say is that everybody from the top to the bottom is in this awful hole of not knowing when or where your next day of work will be
0: if you're enjoying yourselves, please subscribe to the rest of our series and listen to some of the other people I've got coming up. Also, if you fancy it, just leave me a five star review on the Apple Podcast Store. Thanks. So, going talking about Strictly, um, was it suddenly strange? Because obviously, you'd been choreographing and uh, you know in musicals, and you'd been auditioning people for. Th- years and years and and um coaching people etc was it suddenly strange to be uh on like um visually coaching people and visually commenting on people and suddenly it although it's something you did naturally but but people that were then looking at you doing what you do was that odd um strictly was interesting because
1: when hot gossip first you know had this you know Big hit, Sarah Brightman in the charts with Hot Gossip. Um, This incredible um, sort of fame, as in you couldn't walk in the street kind of fame without people coming up. Because the group had been called, I mean, for three years, Arlene Phillips Hot Gossip, my name became tied in with the group because it was my group. So I was asked on every television programme to talk about anything, just because I was, I suppose, a celebrity, whether I knew anything about the subject or not, didn't seem to matter.
0: You, don't, you haven't stopped. I mean, and you keep you keep finding new projects, new new things to do. I found out yesterday when I was doing a bit of reading because I was like, I know Arlene, I know what she's done. And I thought I'll have a little read. And um, you've even written children's books um, that's named after your daughter, which is delightful. Do you kind of? Is your brain just always going and you're just always recreating? Or, again, is it opportunity and things that are brought to you? My brain is always going. There. And that's one of the hardest things I've found
1: in this lockdown, yes. in this, this, this time at home, is... Sometimes I find myself just walking around aimlessly um, uh, with my mind sort of buzzing with ideas and and new ideas it, my mind doesn't stop yeah. I find um, I'm either going every day now for a daily walk I was running last year wow. and somehow I just haven't found that the guts yet but I am walking and slowly starting to run yeah but it it's just from the minute i set off it's like ideas are coming into my mind it's a non-stop um workout for my brain i think
0: and you have no uh, you have uh, you, you just think that that's going to carry on you just have no um idea of stopping at any time you're just going to power on until until the end <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
1: you know i mean that it's weird because i don't Take everything I'm offered, I have to say. But then suddenly I'll be offered something that is so intriguing, so, yeah. so different. Um, I, I just feel thrilled that I've been offered that, mm. that, that show just yeah. because it's bonkers. And, and the other thing is, um, I, I'm glad to have that opportunity to do things. Where I don't have to think about, you know, am I am I going to be able to afford to do that show? Yeah, um, but different things. Uh, I think, have happened over this last three, four years, as I've gone into my 70s, things I didn't expect. Last year, doing uh, the immersive A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Bridge Theatre. I saw that. Oh, I I loved every second working yes. with Nick Heitner, Bunny Christie, mm. and kind of, of just trying to invent this this wonderful, yeah. strange creature of a show, yeah. and and I will I carry that with me. So if I can create, invent, and I get that opportunity, and while I still feel fit and healthy, I will. But I think gradually, you know, there will. I think there'll be a gradual winding down. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to happen though, because I'm actually doing a show in January twenty two, and it's like, hang on. Will I be able to do that, and I'm working on it now and and working on the creation of it, but it seems so far away. I wouldn't have thought thought that before, but now I really do think of how old I'm going to be, yeah, and will I be able to do it do you
0: think people do you think people are, are a little bit ageist? I mean do you come across that? Do you think people think oh Arlene won't want to do that anymore she mm. you know she she won't want to come and do that show or she do you think there are, is that around? I think I think we've never
1: been in an era maybe you know back in the 40s 50s when there was um Shirley Temples I think we are we are in an age that celebrates youth and mm. and young people doing incredible things and I cannot even believe the kind of epic and enormous things and the impact young people are making. And I think it's really, really valuable. I think every decade has something to say. And I believe that older people have absolutely got something to say. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel that it isn't It isn't sort of fashionable. It isn't. It it is questioned. Oh, can they do that? Or are they too old? And naturally, we are aging. And chronologically, there are a lot of people in their seventies or their eighties who people think won't even want to work. Yes. But actually, the age that number. I I sometimes wonder when am I going to feel my chronological age yes, yes. i'm still bounding around like a you know you are you're so like busy, you're so busy <laughs> like an idiot i think i are but...
0: grateful because we've got we've got hold of you now i don't think we would have done had you, we've been out of lockdown so it's you know you're always here there and everywhere and i always see you at various opening nights and you're you're everywhere you're so busy do you think um do you think it's been any different because you're a woman do you think you've had tougher times or um tougher competition because you're a woman um I think it has been hard for women now I think it
1: is getting less so and I find it quite exciting you know um to be able to again um there, there were really not very very many, and maybe there still aren't a lot. There are many, many more female choreographers, but musical supervisors, lighting designers, there scenic are, yeah. designers, you know, there are so many video projection designers. Yeah. I would always search for women now, but. Oh, well, that's great. It seems it's very, very. Our industry is very dominated by men Mm, definitely definitely and i've often been the only woman in an all-male team Mm. you know from you know monty python and meaning of life and every every single other person i think was a male um other than the costume designer um same on greece all male except for the costume designer Mm. um it's it's
0: very very rare that i work with women mm-hmm. it's yeah it's interesting it is interesting I mean I think I see it I'm seeing it change slightly um but mm. I do I do look for female band members if I'm doing a concert and you know just those things to yeah. to draw on your kind of sisterhood and to get a bit of strength yes. and get a bit of equality out there um yeah give me your highest point in your career give me the highest. The best point, forever what it was, big or small, but just for you personally, what your highest moment? I think it was probably the tiniest thing that I've ever done,
1: and that was um, I'm a massive, massive um, admirer and passionate about Ed Watson uh, from the Royal Ballet. I I think his... um, his dance transcends almost any other dancer I've seen in his ability to storytell with every part of his being. And he asked me to choreograph a solo for him for a concert. Oh. <gasps> and where was that? Where was, where
0: um, was
1: that? At the, at the Limbury Theatre, which is a small theatre in the Opera House. And I think for me, that was, the honour yeah. mm-hmm. that I never believed I'd get because I started off as a small child studying ballet. ballet. Yeah, I bet that. And it was my love, my my passion, my desire. I knew I was never going to be a ballerina. I was physically um not physically gifted enough to become a ballerina. So for this moment in in Ed asking me to make a piece for him um was truly the most significant piece of dance I've I've made,
0: oh, I think. That's so wonderful. It's interesting that you you knew, like you say, you, you trained in ballet and you wanted to be a ballet dancer, but you knew very early on what you were. And I think a lot of young people today perhaps don't know. They try and be everything and they don't know who they are and they don't um, perhaps celebrate their strength so when they do come out in the in the world and they don't get various uh, roles or or you know companies that they want to it hits them harder because they're not perhaps educated with who they are where they where they're going to fit and that's that's brilliant that you you know somebody like yourself um can say that and you and very early on you
1: know you're absolutely right Kerry the the number of performers mm-hmm. who cannot look in a mirror and truly understand what their gifts are and what they're not yeah. is 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 too enormous to even behold. And those that can honestly look in the mirror and know either whether you know the increasing the amount of work on whatever it is they need will help, or whether this is they should only look for these roles or this job. Um, knowing yourself is one of the most important things being honest about yourself if you can't be honest about yourself you will never be able to give a truly honest performance yes. an understanding
0: of what truly is required of you yes. and you will be unhappy absolutely that's uh, it's brilliant that hearing that from you is just is I think is gonna help so many people that listen to this I think that's brilliant a lowest point the lowest point in your perhaps career or your the the life that affected your career um if you had any <laughs>
1: no you you know in my career there weren't there weren't any la- you know kind of lasting low points you know lots of um shows weren't hits yeah. you know and then for a while I I felt that I had become the choreographer where um having created the mega mix in Starlight Express, <laughs> um, felt like every show I was asked to do, ha, every show I'm asked to do have to have a Meg, mega mix at the end. Um, I think every show know, should
0: have a mega mix. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And certainly when we come back, everyone needs to go out of the theatre oh, singing know. and dancing. Oh my goodness! But I think you no, know, my lowest my lowest point, and I believe that in overcoming this, I. I could transcend those low points and move on was because when I was 15 and I was studying dance, um, uh, I wanted to go to London. I was in Manchester to one of the big um, schools, theatre schools, and I was training and preparing um, to audition when my mother passed away um, from leukaemia. And I was 15, coming up to 16 at the time. Wow, that's and, so young. Uh, it was so hard because I knew that I couldn't go. My sister was 12 years old. Um, my older brother left school. Um, he was 17 to get a job. And my father became very sick. Wow. Um, and so there was no way I could leave home. Yeah. And having to deal with the loss of my mother and find what I was going to do in life because in my mind I was set yeah. I was going to London I was going to get a grant yeah. and at that time they only gave students grants to the London schools
0: wow.
1: um, and I went to Manchester County Council eventually to see if I could get a grant to study full-time course in Manchester and at first they said no we don't give courses. To the school in Manchester. And I said, look, I'm desperate. I, <laughs> I, I have to do this. I, and I, and I remember the saying this famous line that changed my mind is, and it will cost you much less money than it would if I went to a school in London because I could still live at home. Wow. And I got the grant to study, um, which changed my life. And I feel like overcoming adversity in that way yes. gives you the strength to know that you can deal with what whatever has happened yes. and you can move on and you have to find fight determination strength inside you
0: to to lift you out of this pocket of despair and move out of it yeah amazing i mean you're so brilliant at that you've i mean we've watched your you know your career and it's it, you you, you're exactly that you just keep powering through and and it's it's incredible and inspiring to watch and very um for me it's just it's unbelievable you know it gives you because I see myself as just never stopping and just carrying on because I love it and I think if you can take those lows and you can take the, the the knockbacks or the rejection or whatever it is and get on with it then it can be an amazing and an incredible career um is there, anything, is there anything that you haven't done that you still would like to do?
1: I think I would like to create a dance show. Um, it's very strange. Full-on dance shows, um, you know, other than, let's say, Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance, yeah. which I had the opportunity to help work with and direct the very, very original. Wow. Um, uh, haven't really been worldwide. There's incredible musicals. West Side Story is my all-time oh, favorite musical. I, I, I can live and breathe and 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 love that yes. forever and a day. But I would like to find one musical that has dance, you know, non-stop woven through. But,
0: you know, I'll keep on thinking. (laughs) I'm sure you'll Um, do it. I'm sure you will. With that mind, I'm sure it's just going to keep creating and do something magical again. Before we let Arlene go, I just wanted to ask her one final question that I'm going to ask everyone in this season. I wanted them to look back at their 20-year-old self to give them one piece of advice and how to keep calm and carry on.
1: My goodness, if I look back now... On my younger self I can't believe I've seen photographs of my younger self I've posted photographs of my younger self I cannot believe how bad I felt about myself wow i I wanted to be a skinny five foot six blonde more than anything in the world Don't I we thought all. that was that was <laughs> that, that was the magic that person that if I could be that person I could be everything I wanted to be there was this short stocky strong dancer never felt pretty never felt never felt good enough and now when I look back and I see photographs of me amazing pictures I'm just like what on earth drove you to feel like that Never felt like I was the one who'd be chosen for anything. Wow. And they're amazing, those pictures. You look incredible. Mm. And now I look back and I would just say to everybody, believe in yourself, believe in who you are so strongly because that's what I wish I could. Could have
0: done, Aline, That could have have just tied it up more perfectly. You've been <laughs> magical. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I've just loved that. You've been you've made my my day. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and uh, and all the best. And hope we get out of lockdown soon. <laughs> yes, and I've
1: loved talking to you, and I've loved I've treasured that moment of working with you oh. in we will rock you because. I just remember saying little things and then suddenly watching you on stage or or just movement or gesture or just something I I'd, I'd given you and change the whole nature you always had that voice but just change slightly the way you would give something to the audience and it's always
0: lived inside me oh thank you Arlene I'm forever grateful you're wonderful thank you so much have a wonderful day thank you bye Bye. thank you so much for listening to my podcast today I hope you've got something from this that stays with you or helps you on your journey please don't forget to subscribe and maybe even leave us a five-star review on the apple podcast store